0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 67 of Believe. Betting LA. I'm your host Sam Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter at smaxwell713. Recording this Friday evening, December 11th. Tomorrow, Chris, is USC-UCLA battle for LA college football. Both teams are playing very well. Chris Leward is my co-host, Lou Mandingo Rock. where you can find him on Twitter. How are you doing tonight, Chris?
1: I'm doing well. This is a little bit of a throwback for us. This is the first time in a while. We've done an evening episode. This is back in uh, the early days
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. You used to come home from work, crank it out, let you know when it was ready to be published. But yeah, we've been doing a lot more uh, middle of the day or morning. It's just it all depends on scheduling. And uh, unfortunately, both of us have very busy schedules. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not unfortunately. <laughs> it's, it's better than the alternative. That is yes. for sure. We are on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B L E A V. Uh, believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter, Edgefinder Sports on Twitter, Stack Capital on Twitter, and we are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart, wherever you're listening to us right now. Hey, that's where you find us. That's where you can continue to find us. If you subscribe, uh, a bell will will ring, or however however it goes, it'll it'll pop up on your phone that a new episode is ready to listen to. And, of course, if you want to leave us a review, that helps us out quite a bit, and we take all the feedback, of course, to heart. I want to uh, get into our sponsor for the day before we move on and talk about week 14 of the NFL season. And of course, college football as well. It's going to come as no surprise to everyone listening at home. Bet Online is our sponsor for this week. We are advancing deep into the NFL season, Chris. The playoffs are approaching. College bowl season is approaching. We've got college basketball back. There is no better place to put your action than at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Head there today. Take advantage of all of their great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Before we move on, Chris, and talk about Week 14, can't believe we're already here, Fantasy Football Playoffs, which somehow our team snuck into in the final uh-huh. moments. And we're going to talk about, of course, Rivalry Weekend, at least for both the teams here in Los Angeles for college football. Let's talk about last week. That was week 13 of the NFL season week. Whatever we're on for college football, every conference is in a different place. So bear with us. We had a great week. You went 4 and 2. That leaves your overall betting total this season at 26, 24, and 1. We're back over 500 for Chris. And I also had a great week. Went 4 and 1. Now I'm 22, 17 and 1, and my best bets are 9, 4, and 1. So those are hitting at a very high clip. Uh, I hit on UCLA money line last week. Rams minus 2.5, Pats money line. That one was pretty easy. And then I took a Pats plus 7.5, Packers minus 1.5. Teaser. The only one I lost on Chris was a very, very, Bad beat, very, very, not a bad beat. It was a beat that was over very quickly. didn't have to spend too much time watching it. (laughs) I took Washington State like an idiot, plus seven first half. I thought USC would start slow like they did over the first two games. They did not. They scored, I believe, 28 points in that first quarter, and those Trojans are playing some fantastic football. We will talk about them in just a moment. All right, so we're moving on here. USC, Chris, UCLA, of course. Both are going to be wearing their home jerseys, as they've been doing for the last 10 to 15 years. This one is Saturday at 4.30 p.m. from the Rose Bowl. USC, of course, 4-0. Patch 12's only chance at a playoff team. UCLA, remember when they were playing poorly and we thought Chip Kelly was going to be a Fox Sports analyst next year? They <laughs> have now won three straight and uh, in, in, in really four straight covers, I believe, at least. They, they had a bad game against Colorado to begin with. Guess what? Colorado's actually turned out to be a pretty decent yeah. team. Uh, then they almost had that upset over Oregon. Uh, they beat Cal, of course, and then uh, they're they still playing some great, great ball. Last week, they beat Arizona State, who, by the way, Arizona State tonight, oh, we saw that 70-7. I mean, wow, Kevin Sumlin, those Arizona Wildcats, things are not good for you. Okay, USC, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Of course, home field is really mean much right now. No fans. Both teams are here. Neither one are traveling. They're all sleeping in their beds this evening, so I don't really think – There's any home, maybe there's a half to a point baked into this total. So what we're saying is basically USC minus three on a neutral field. These teams are both playing very well. They're both scoring at a very, very high clip. So that's why this total I'm seeing at 64. What are your thoughts here? Trojans at Bruins.
1: To back up really quick, you may have been an idiot to take Washington State, but one of us bet on the Chargers. Holy smokes, I didn't realize the entire team had quit on Coach Lynn. That was embarrassing. Guess especially because the Patriots aren't that good, so uh, we both look like jackasses. But uh, we still had nice, nice games. Four wins for me, four wins for you. Absolutely. USC, UCLA. I think I was seeing it bounce between plus three and a half for UCLA to three. And it, this is it comes down to this, right? If it's UCLA plus three and a half, I like UCLA a lot because of that hook. If it's USC minus three, I'm going to take USC minus three. And you're going to be, you you, odds-wise, you're going to be around minus 110, minus 115. Don't do anything more than that. But that half point makes that much of a big difference. I'm going to say UCLA plus three for record-keeping purposes, uh, which I don't love. But Arizona State's a pretty good team, and they throttled them pretty. Yeah, they didn't throttle them. I guess they won by a touchdown. But they seem to control most of that game. And uh, I think this is going to be – I think this could be a good one. And it's been a while, I think, since USC-UCLA has been a game worth watching. But this is one I'm actually going to tune in and make sure I see. Because I don't think SC is quite as good as they look. And I think UCLA, uh, obviously, as we've seen, because Colorado is darn good, uh, is better than we
0: think they are. Yeah, absolutely. Those two losses for UCLA, as you mentioned, to Colorado, very first game. That was a 90-point game or whatever. And and, and look, this year has been so weird. We're starting with Pac-Football in November. So – uh, it's it's not uncommon, I don't think, for teams to get off to a slow start. So that happened to be a bad loss, at least at the time. Now looking back, it's not quite as bad. And then they covered an 18 and a half point spread against Oregon, had a chance to win that game at the end. Uh, if it wasn't for that pick six going into halftime, halftime they may have won yep. that game. And that was without their starting quarterback and without several other players from a COVID outbreak. Um, so look, like we said, both teams playing phenomenal football. USC three one and one against the spread in their last five. UCLA four and zero, oh, every single game. Since that opening game against Colorado, uh, the under in this game, Chris has gone uh, six and two over the last eight. Typically, I find when we see two comparable teams, talent-wise, that are you know hated rivals, uh, the defenses tend to make plays more often than not, unless you're in the Big Twelve. And you know, you see the sixty-five to sixty-two <laughs> games, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, or whatever. Those always seem to go over. This particular game, I do see being a bit more of a slugfest. Uh, you know, Keaton Slovis playing great football. I'm on Ron St. Brown, uh, just making people miss yeah, out there. Yeah. He's going to be a fantastic pro, someone definitely to keep an eye on over draft season and in, in the NFL over the next couple of years. But I do like the under here because I, I really just can't pick a side here. Gun to my head, I'm taking USC. They still have a, a sliver of hope to make the playoff. They know that they need a convincing win here to have any sort of chance. They need a convincing win here. They need a convincing win in the Pac-12 Championship and they need some help. So, it all starts with, obviously, controlling uh, the game tomorrow. So if I gun to my head, I'm taking USC. But my pick, officially for this game, is going to be under 64. So that's our only college games <laughs> this, this week that we're going to talk about, unless you have a best bet, of course. But we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about those Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, go figure. Coach Anthony Lynn, Oof. the lamest of all lame duck coaches— Mentions to his players, then mentions publicly in the media that he confided to his players that they're they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year <laughs> as a three and eight team, and then they go out and get absolutely trounced <laughs> against the Patriots. Go figure! If you listen to our episode last week, my handicap was simple: you've got probably the best coach in organized sports in the history of organized sports versus the lamest of all lame duck <laughs> coaches. I, I really don't care who else is on the field. I don't care where this game is being played. That's all you need. And I think that's a good lesson for people at home there. Uh, really, uh, of course, players win games, players cover. If you're, you know, missing a quarterback, for example, you know, the spread usually is going to indicate that. For whatever reason, Vegas did not really put that coaching matchup into into the line there. Because if that was the case, I do think the Patriots would have been three-point favorites. Instead, they were dogs, uh, which was insane to me. Uh, but I digress. Obviously, the Patriots dominated that game. So who am I going to take this week? Not the Chargers, I'll tell you that much. You know, this is a deceiving Atlanta Falcons team, Chris. They obviously had a terrible start of the season, too. The worst collapses of all time. Head coach Dan Quinn gets fired. Raheem Morris has taken over. If you remember, he was a head coach about 10 years ago with the Bucs. An utter disaster of failure. But he had that head coaching experience. The defense has played a lot, a lot better. And, yes, Julio Jones was ruled out earlier today, earlier Friday, But the line actually moved a full point. It was Falcons minus two and a half. Now it's Falcons minus one and a half. So the line's actually reflecting that void in the Falcons passing attack. Matt Ryan is a much worse quarterback that cannot be denied. The offense as a whole is usually a lot worse without Julio Jones. However, I do think this Chargers team has given up. I do think that we've seen the best that we'll see Justin Herbert this year. This Falcons defense has been playing a lot better. There's no home field advantage and uh, the east to west thing is mitigated at least a little bit because it's a 125 kickoff instead of a primetime game. So I'm taking the Falcons here. They're playing good ball. The Chargers seem to be totally checked out from this season. I think this is a pretty easy Falcons in minus one and a half take here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I know. I can't remember who did it, but I was like week four or week five after. The Chargers had had their second or third, you know, crippling loss in a row, and one of the guys took to Twitter and was like, "We got to get it together, right? Like, we got to lock it up." And I thought that was more of like a rah-rah thing. Uh, it seems to be an indictment of Coach Lynn. Has anyone seen Anthony Lynn and Lovie Smith in a room at the same time? Are we sure they aren't the same person? Because that's well, both what
0: of them had coach jobs this season. So if they were, if they were the <laughs> same person. That'd be that'd be very impressive. Uh,
1: I had no idea. I told you this during the game. I thought like Anthony Lynn was like you know not a good coach, but like players liked him and was well respected. The professional football team quit <laughs> on, on, on on national TV. They just stopped playing uh, mm-hmm. because they they don't want to be they there.
0: Really started playing to be fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was last oh, week. Yes, it was uh, an unmitigated disaster. Uh, and you know what though, I'm happy to I'm happy to lose. I guess like that when it's an absolute blowout, so I don't waste my time and then watch the Chargers blow it again for me with 14 seconds left. Yeah.
0: That's the definition of insanity. Continue to spend the starters and watching all the way through and thinking something different will happen this time.
1: (laughs) And it doesn't. So in this case, uh, I am in agreement with you. I wanted to take the Falcons as well. Uh, The value just wasn't there for me. Um, They've been playing much, much better under E. Morris. I still think that defense absolutely stinks. And I'm hoping that uh, Herbert... Puts up some points in the first half over 24 first half around minus one fifteen is where you want to be. Hopefully both these teams quit, but the offenses want to show out for you know some incentives if they get some yardage or or touchdown bonuses, but that's where the albeit small value lies over mm-hmm. twenty-four.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Let's stick with you here for our best bet of week 14 of the NFL season and wherever we're at right now with college football.
1: Yeah, whatever whatever week infinity it is in college football. I'm going to chase after my boys, the Washington football team, plus three on the road uh, in San Francisco, playing the 49ers. About even money is what you want to get. I really like what I've seen out of them lately. I do think the 49ers are a better team than a lot of people think. Obviously, they've been destroyed by injuries, uh, but Chase Young and co. have been playing awesome, and they look like a team poised to actually break away in that terrible, horrible division. Getting three points for even money on the road for what I think is the better team uh, is where I want to go, and they're going east to west. It's not west to east, so I feel okay about that.
0: Right, and let's forget this game is not in Santa Clara, California. This game is in Glendale, Arizona. So a home oh, game right. for the Niners, right. Niners is Listen. not actually a true home game. They've been out of their you know homes for three or four weeks now. You've got Kyle Shanahan and the owner Jed York of the Niners bringing in mental health counselors because uh you know they're homesick or, or whatever. So, <clears throat> and uh you know. Uh, like you said, this this defensive front for Washington is just absolutely sensational. Alex Smith has given them new energy. My only real concern here, I, I almost took Washington football team, actually, as my best, but I'm on this side as well. I'm not quite as confident as you are. Uh, and the reason being is that the, the, the Washington football team lost their best offensive playmaker for several weeks in Antonio Gibson. And it didn't really hurt them last week very much. They went down early. I mean, it looks like this is this is a done deal. They're not going to be able to move the ball. They, they clawed back. I think it was more of a reflection of where the Steelers are at right now than this Washington football team. But, uh, you know, both these teams have a lot to play for. The Niners, believe it or not, uh, still have a, a realistic shot of making the playoffs with the expanded postseason and the various wins that they've had. And, of course, Washington football team right now is tied. They don't have a tiebreaker against the Giants, but they are technically tied for the division lead in the NFC East. Um, but I, I do like Washington football team. I think that's a team that's... Um, the plays the game the right way. They're playing really hard for Alex Smith, who's an absolute shoe in to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. Playing very hard for Ron Rivera, of course. He's been sick, and he is certainly making a push for coach of the year. So uh, that's a team that's playing really hard. Great defense controls the ball, controls the line of scrimmage. I just worry about how are they going to be able to move the ball, uh, of course, against this. You know, still a pretty formidable San Francisco 49er defense, even without some very key players, without Antonio Gibson. Now. I'm moving on my best bet here, which is the Buffalo Bills minus one and a half. And guess who they're playing? That team that I just dismissed the Pittsburgh Steelers. And and that was their first loss of the entire season. It may have been the worst 11-0 team. That I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. at, at no at no point during this crazy stretch of of wins to the Steelers were the Steelers even remotely close to winning to, to being the favorite to win the, the the conference. Okay, that's because of course the Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champs. They have the best quarterback potentially of all time. Uh, but it was only a matter of time for the Steelers team to lose one. They had uh, you know been in a bunch of tough games. They'd come back and had to come from behind at Dallas a few weeks ago. I sweated that one out because I had them in Survivor. The Steelers team just seems very disinterested in running the ball. And, and yes, granted, they didn't have James Conner the last two weeks. Good to see him back on the field now. Uh, cancer survivor, of course, has COVID, so we'll see how he comes back. Benny Snell, completely ineffective. They're throwing the ball a million times a game. yep but they're dropping the ball, too. Deontay Johnson leaves the NFL in drops. Chase Claypool had a key drop last week. Juju is not getting downfield. His yards per catch right now is it's under uh, 8.5 yards per catch, I believe. So uh, they have a lot of weapons. They have James Washington there. They also have Eric Ebron. But um, this is just a team reeling right now. They've, they've lost a lot on their defense as well. That, that very formidable defense. But Dupree is gone. That Spillane guy is gone. They're missing a couple other defensive players. And there's only so much that T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick can do. On the flip side, this Bills team, Playing tremendous ball right now, Josh Allen. Back to scorching. Uh, you know they don't have John Brown. That was kind of the narrative. Oh, without Smokey Brown, this offense is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Look, John Brown's a great receiver. They still have Stephon Diggs. They still have Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox. They have two very capable running backs. And Josh Allen's a unicorn. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this defense is a lot better than their numbers indicate. I think they're very well coached, um, and, and, and I just really like this Bills team. Uh, they, they are poised to win the first non-Patriots AFC East division in. It feels like 29 25. years. Yeah. I, yeah I, <laughs> I, was, I was in diapers the last time yeah. <laughs> the Patriots didn't win that division. So I think they can sense it. I think they know they have to keep winning because Miami's been playing some good ball as well. I'm surprised this, this is not more like a three or even a three and a half point spread. So get it while you still can. Bills minus one and a half. That's my best bet of week 14. This was episode 67, Chris, of believe in betting LA. Any final thoughts here?
1: I was finally able to say Chase Young and not Chase Daniel after trying to get his name wrong like 300 times in a row. It took me, you know, 14 weeks, but we got there.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's another one of those things. Look, I got Chase Young. I think it was plus 350 to a defensive player of the year. That just seems like a, a mortal lock right now. Um, those I, I know, I know, Stack Capital doesn't always love doing those features, but sometimes it just, it's just, it's just so right. It just seems so obvious, and that's the yeah. one. To me, at least, that it did. I would like to go back on the offseason and see, because Offensive Player of the Year kind of varies. You see a lot of running backs. You see a lot of quarterbacks. This year's probably going to be Herbert, although Justin Jefferson's making a push. It's never a lineman. Defensively, it feels like it's almost always going to be that edge rusher that just goes in there, collects 11, 12 sacks, and it's hard to deny that. Sometimes you'll see a middle linebacker. I remember Darius Leonard was forced, but I would, like, I would like to see the stats on that, because if that's the case, if the overwhelming... majority are defensive ends then you only have three or four going into every season it's almost kind of like the heisman when you go into the season okay who are the five or six quarterbacks i can see winning so maybe that's something that we'll do research wise in the off season get
1: research on it
0: yeah absolutely well if anyone out there has any thoughts on that or any knowledge on that any statistics on that hit us up on twitter again i'm s maxwell 713 and chris is at lou mandingo rock that's l-e-w-m-a-n-d-i-n-g-o all right, well, for the Blee Podcast Network, for Edgefinder Sports for Stack of Chris Lort, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. All my life, I never knew what I could be, what I could do, then we were new. Ooh. Thank you for listening to Believe.